On the Sabbath day, he was going through the grain fields. And his disciples, they began to make their way. They picked some heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Well, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath day? He said to them, Have you never read what David and those who were with him did when he was in need and hungry, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and he ate the bread of the presence? which is not lawful for anyone to eat except for the priests, and also gave some, of, some to his companions. And then he told them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So then the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Jesus entered the synagogue again. And a man was there who had a shriveled hand. In order to accuse him, they were watching him closely to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. He told the man with the shriveled hand, Stand right before us. And then he said to them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil or to save or to kill? But they're silent. After looking around at them with anger, he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts and told the man, Stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. Immediately the Pharisees went out, and they started plotting with the Herodians again against him how they might kill him. Hold on. We have a man who has just told a man with a withered hand, Extend your hand, and I will unwither it. And the response of the people watching is not to look and say, let's get on board with this guy. The response of the people watching is, let's kill him. That's what we see in this text. It's a very unique passage in the Bible. So we're talking about Sabbath today. If you've noticed our, the idea of rest, three things that we see about this. It's on the back of your worship guide, but I want to walk through those before we dive in. Uh, why do we need rest? Why Sabbath? We need it. Why Sabbath? We need it. Uh, where Sabbath will we find it? Finally, how Sabbath we choose it? Why we need it? Where we find it? How we choose it? This weekend is the last big vacation slash trip push of the summer. Anyone notice that? Not this section. You are full as always. But uh, many churches today will see attendance lows uh, unlike any other Sunday, save the Sunday that falls on New Year's Eve. Uh, many uh, people who plan sporting events will plan tournaments on this weekend because they know that people have an extra day to take advantage of, this extra off day. And when you begin to consider all of this travel, whether it's on Labor Day weekend or the travel that you took part of this summer as you and your family hopped in your Winnebago, and you drove to wherever you went Obago in Texas as if there is any place where you can escape the exhausting heat, you traveled from one place to the next in order to rest. That's the claim that you make. That's the claim that I make. We're going to go here to rest. And inevitably, when you got home from your week of rest, you, had, you said something to the effect of, man, I need a vacation from my vacation. Anybody said that ever in your whole life? I need a break from my break. I need rest from my rest. So what does that say to us? It teaches us that we really don't understand what rest is. We don't know what it means to rest. And now when I say these things, I want you to know that I am not 
preaching this sermon and saying, I've got this right and you've got this wrong. I'm saying we, as a collective, have this wrong. We have misunderstood what it means for us to rest in the way that God seems to have designed for us to rest. We desperately need it. It, It's actually woven into the creation account. We notice that God talks about rest. And He talks about rest, not simply with words, but we see in the Scripture that God rested, which is a very unique thing for us to consider because God should not need to rest. God doesn't need to rest. He knows that you need to. He knows that I need to. I was reading just various authors this week and having conversations with some people in my life who I care about. Many of them are not Christian people. They would not claim to be followers of Jesus. Some of them are actually Jewish rabbis. So I read a book, read a book a few years ago by a man by the name of A.J. Jacobs. That's still his name. And A.J. Jacobs is Jewish. But he describes his Jewishness like this. I am Jewish in the way that Olive Garden is Italian. So that's what he says. But he wrote a book called The Year of Living Biblically. And for an entire year, 365 days, he chose to live out what he understood to be the commands that he found in the Bible. From a secular perspective, he's seeking to live these things out. He says this about Sabbath. This is what Sabbath should feel like. A pause. Not just a minor pause. Not just lowering the volume. But hitting mute. Uh, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Herschel, Herschel, Heschel rather, says this as the, uh, he, he says, the Sabbath is a sanctuary in time. I called one of my best friends who's not, uh, he would not claim to be a Christian in the way that we claim to be Christians. And he said, as he defines Sabbath, it is peace, slowing down, recharging. So you have these three perspectives, one of them secular, one of them from a faith system that is deviated from ours in a way, and another who is completely secular. All of them talk about the deep need of each and every human soul for rest. And here is how we as followers of Jesus seem to be defining Sabbath. I go to church. Every one of them have used passive tense and we have used an active word about a destination. Sabbath is more than you showing up here. It's not supposed to be you showing up here. Now before you say, did the preacher say we didn't have to come to church? Why did we come today? Everyone else skipped. (laughs) Feel free to text and judge them this week. I want you to know that Sabbath is about what our what's happening in our hearts. It's kind of gross. Three people who don't really claim Jesus in the way that you and I seem, seem to be claiming Jesus uh, get what God is talking about more than we do. Uh, unhindered busyness. Uh, being distracted and restless. They are major blocks today in our development as believers. Sabbath is not just something that you struggle with. It's something that I struggle with. Because for whatever, like Sunday mornings for me, they are not Sabbath. They are not Shabbat. They are anything but. Sundays are the busiest day in the world for us. 
So I've got to think through, what does it mean for me to, to, to Sabbath? So you've got this text, and you've got Jesus pointing out what Sabbath is as we walk through this. The Sabbath day, he was going through the grain fields, and his disciples, they began to make their way, picking some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Now, the, the Pharisees, they get a bad rap because the majority of them deserve a bad rap. So many of them were doing everything they could to make sure that Jesus was mistreated. They weren't really a group of people who had an appointed position, however. They are self-appointed. They are the religious hierarchy that has developed in this community. And some of them functioned as holy men who were honorable in the community. Let me give you an example. Nicodemus, Nick at night, who met with Jesus in John chapter 3. We look at Nicodemus. We see that he is someone who was wanting to know what God's practices and principles were about. We see another man named Gamaliel in the book of Acts, and he says about the, about the followers of Jesus, hey, if this is of man, it'll shut down, but if it's of God, nothing can stop what's of God. But on top of them, you've got some who are just spiritual paparazzi. And their whole reason for existing was to follow those who were influential around to take pictures of them, word pictures, so they could bust them in the event that they did something wrong and they could say, shame, wrong, done, let's get rid of him. So you see these spiritual paparazzi following Jesus and Jesus was as popular as popular gets when we meet him in the Bible, especially at this point in the text. He is a really big deal, and people love to see Jesus, know Jesus, spend time with Jesus. They want to be healed by Jesus. They want to see Jesus do something in front of them. They think Jesus is great, but these Pharisees, who were the religious leaders, were seeing power removed from them, usurped from them. And when they see Jesus and his disciples walking through the grain field, they notice that he is doing something that they believe to be wrong. There's actually a list of 39 things you should not do on Sabbath that these Pharisees legalistically definitely sought to follow. And the rules were peculiar and bizarre. But Jesus answers them, these men who know the Old Testament, these men who understand what it means to take the scriptures and twist and contort and make them what they believe they should be. If you don't think Pharisees don't still exist, we may have to have a session about it. Jesus meets them in verse 25, and I love what he does, to a group of Bible thumpers. He thumps them with the Bible. Have you never read what David and those who were with him did when he was in need and hungry? Did you miss that part, is the question Jesus asks. How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and he ate the bread of the presence. Now, friends, if you were with me during the book, our study of the book of Hebrews, the bread of the presence there in the Holy of Holies, and it is to signify that God always provides, God always cares for. It is symbolic of God's eternal provision. You ain't supposed to eat the bread. But in this moment, they did what was unlawful for anyone to do except for the priests. And he gave it to their companions. So so notice this. We have David who has been made the appointed king of Israel. 
But nobody knows that he's the king of Israel. They've not realized that he's the king of Israel. All they know is that David is leading this ragtag rebellion and he has some hungry men with him. But David has been anointed and appointed by Samuel and more so the Lord to be the king. Do you see what Jesus just did? Jesus just told them, Hey, do you know what David was? I'm that. There's more than that. When we read Matthew's account of this story from chapter 12, it reads, Or haven't you read in the law of the Sabbath days that the priest in the temple, they, if they violate the Sabbath, they are innocent. So not only do you have Jesus saying, I'm the king, by him eating the bread, he is saying, and even if I'm doing wrong for anyone else to do, because I am the great high priest, I can do what I want. What is Jesus saying? That there is a rest that is underneath their understanding of Sabbath rest. But notice what's happening here. So you've got these laws in the Bible. You may have noticed them. There's a bunch. And as you read through these laws, especially, particularly in the Old Testament, you see these laws unfolding, and there are numerous that are moral laws. And those moral laws, in the event that you're in a rush, you still can't set them aside. I'm on 288 in traffic, it's bumper to bumper, that does not give me permission to kill someone. Right? That's Can't murder. There will never, ever be a day where Sabbath, where we are permitted to do that. However, these ceremonial laws, in the event that there's something that's taking place, they can be broken. Why? Because they're pointing to something. They're pointing not only to something, they're pointing to someone. Jesus has just referred to himself as both the priest of the temple and the king of a nation. He's saying that all Sabbath finds its fulfillment and completion in me. I'm where you rest. But not just rest, like deep, soul-giving rest. Jesus just said, I'm not about Sabbath, Sabbath is about me. It's pretty trite for us to call going to church Sabbath, right? Just did a study a few weeks ago. This place called the Gulf Coast Sleep Center. You may have driven by. It's by Luby's. So if you've ever eaten dinner at 3.45 in the afternoon, you've been completely by the Gulf Coast Sleep Center. And they hook you up to all of this machinery. They give you a mask like your Darth Vader. And they explained to me how sleep works, but she was like, you're kind of dumb. Let me just give you something to read. So there are two types of sleep, and there may be more, but there are two types according to what I was given. There's REM sleep, rapid eye movement, and that's the good, good sleep. And then there's non-REM sleep. Uh, stage one of non-REM sleep works like this. You're laying in bed. It's usually the first 10 to 15 minutes, and anything can wake you up. It's what your children are in for the first hour and 45 minutes of bedtime. Anything. Got to go pee. I mean, they are the most dehydrated people at that point in the evening. Stage two, your heartbeat slows down. Ba-boom. 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 Stage three is slumber. But 
there's a sleep beyond the slumber. And that's what we need to get to. It's not about the amount, it's about the type. The REM sleep is where all of us need to be, but spiritually, so many of us rarely are. To really rest, to spiritually REM rest, is to be utterly, completely satisfied in what God has done. In the person through whom God did it. This is modeled in the book of Genesis. We see the depth that God shows us in the passage. When he creates the first thing, what was the first thing? You didn't know we were doing trivia this morning. Creation 1, good. Creation 2, good. Creation 3, good. Creation 4, good. Creation 5, good. Creation 6, good. Us, very good. And he rests on the Sabbath. Sabbath so woven into the Bible, we look into the Old Testament and we see that it flows through so much so that they didn't just call for people to take a Sabbath. Actual land took Sabbath. On, for six years, you could plant your stuff, whatever your stuff would be. The seventh year, that land got to rest and it got to grow whatever needed to be grown there. And it, it could flourish in whatever way it needed to flourish. So if God is saying that He has modeled for us deep rest, not just by His Word, but by the very things that He creates, are we people who are hoping to find deep rest? Do we ever find places, you and me, where we are going into the deep place where whatever happens, happens. Whatever grows, grows. Whatever contemplation needs to take place. Whatever, one word is, avocational things we need to do. Are, are we having that type of rest where we step away from our rhythm to find God's rhythm? Because most of us are claiming to rest in Jesus, but we may simply be at a slumber stage when God's offered something deeper. The complete work of what God has done. Why do we Sabbath? We need it. Well, where will we find it? Where do you find it? You find it in all that God has done in Jesus. So you notice that Jesus asked these questions and what we really see pointing out is this Sabbath should help us. It should not hinder us. The Sabbath that God offers us in Jesus should help you. He's helping these men. Jesus is, when they eat of the grain, though they're breaking this ritual law, it's helpful to them. The rules don't get to take away from God helping because God has designed Sabbath to be something that helps us. We find it in Jesus. There is a rest underneath the rest. God wants us to find full relaxation in Him. Well, how? So, you've given me the why, you've given me the where, it's Jesus, Chad, duh, we're at church. It's always Jesus, that's always the answer. How do you find God's deep rest? We choose it. Do you see what Sabbath does in chapter 3? I love this. I love what Jesus does. Jesus is pretty awesome. He enters the synagogue again, and, and 
I mean, all this back to back. This is how Sabbath works. And a man was there who had a shriveled hand. In order to accuse him, they were watching him close. Not even watching casually. We are watching you do this so that we can punish you. This is the same way the older child watches the younger child. Mama, in order to accuse him, they were watching him closely to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath. And he told the man with the shriveled hand, get up, stand right here. And then he said to them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil? to save or to kill. Do you see what he's just done for these men as he's trying to explain and exemplify that he is the Sabbath, the Lord of it? He's giving them and everyone watching the opportunity to choose for him to be their resting place. And as I read this, Jared and I had a conversation. We have conversations about the Bible. I'm an outward processor. Who's an outward processor? I'm kidding. You're engineers. None of you process outwardly. Anybody process outwardly in the room? Okay, we're just outward, outward, outward. Like, I'm throwing things out. They're bouncing off the wall because Jared's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, so, okay, cool. She just ordered something for this room. I don't know what's happening. He's an inward processor. That's how he functions. He doesn't need my... So Jesus is saying these things and none of them say a word. And in my head, because I'm processing this passage, I've got this vision of Jesus just rolling his eyes at these morons. What do you do? Come on, man. I'm about to fix his hand. But Jesus fixes the man's hand, giving them the choice to see him for who he is or not. I think he's giving us the same choice. He's giving us the same choice to rest in him or not rest in him. And not just those stage one, stage two, stage three, non-rim rest. Like Find him as our wholeness. What does it mean for me and for you to rest as a people? What's it mean for us to rest as a church? How often do we choose to detach from everything that happens? So the cell phone and the internet and Wi-Fi and all of those things were put into place. And the reason they were put into place was that we would work less. Right? Yes. However, heart takes neutral things and typically makes them bad. They've caused us to work more. So much so that the companies, the two primary companies that use those things to interact with us are saying, whoa, at least to their employees. Google. You heard of them? Those people get so many days off of work. I don't know how they're working out how they're going to get my information more. They are they regularly have days off because the owners of the company they look and they see that restlessness is not helpful. Apple 
has added a feature to your phone where it lets you know how much you've been on the screen. And if I'm being truthful with you, that judges me more than I need to. Anybody else? We choose restlessness because we choose to run from God regularly. Rest in me. We think things like, if I just had more time. Anybody ever thought that? I just wish I had more time. If we set aside the fact that you spent a good bit of time watching YouTube videos with people creating homemade fidget spinners, (laughs) on top of that, I keep this quote from a pastor in Portland in mind. It is God's mercy to put a limit on the number of hours in a day and days in a week. That's the mercy of God. I I think what it comes down to is God wants to establish Sabbath for us because Sabbath reminds us that we're not Him. No matter how much you're social media or your work interaction, no no matter how much those things mean and they matter, you are not the one who keeps the world running. Your gift is going to put us as a society over the edge of proper function and utopia. Your cat meme, I'm going to sneeze when I see it anyway. Those things, and they're fun. But what if we chose to detach? And look, again, I'm not good at this. I love to go, and I love to interact with people that I, that I love who may not be with me at the moment. But if I'm not careful, I'm interacting with people... I'm interacting with people that I love who aren't with me at the expense of the people who are. Turn it off. Leave it in the car. It'll overheat. Don't leave it in the car. Yeah. We don't make the world run God's intent for Sabbath that we see in this text and we see throughout the Bible, the overall intent of it is to really serve as a governor. You, you know what a governor is, right? Like not like the guy who runs the state, but uh, on an engine. So, so the kids and I, we, we took three or four days and we went to central Texas where it's just as hot as it is here. There's no way to escape heat. Go to the hills. It's cooler. And that's a lie from the devil. It's just as hot. You're closer to the sun. And we're at this place. that They love to go to camps and stuff. So they're, they're, we're at this place and there's a pool. And, and they give us a golf cart to drive around for the week. We're just hanging out. All the kids want to drive the golf cart. And that's mortifying. But I let them sometimes. They were always shocked by how the golf cart, when it would get going really fast, something would kick in to say, you're not supposed to go beyond this. 
That's the governor on the golf cart saying you can only drive 13 miles an hour no matter how fast you try to drive. Sabbath has been given to us to function in that way. Because Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus has been given to us to function in that way. So that we're not running at such a rapid pace and and choosing to be moving so quickly that we miss who gave us those steps and that breath to begin with. So rest, because resting is being utterly, completely satisfied in what God has done. And if I look in a spiritual mirror, and if you look in a spiritual mirror, I would for myself and am ashamed at how little I really really rest in the complete full work of God done for me in Jesus and you see that as how I rest and where I rest is that you? this may be something we don't need to hear a sermon about we may just need to repent of it we repent of so many sins nobody's repenting of not resting in Jesus and you know there is the other type of rest that we do choose it choose it to get to the place where we see God saying you need me you need me you can find me you choose me because this really is about Jesus as much as we know that's the best answer we could ever give in a church Rest the complete, finished work of Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? God, you love us. You love us enough to tell us the truth. That we need to rest and more than ourselves. So Lord, over this faith family today, I pray that you'll break our... God, I pray that you'll break my heart about my lack of rest, my lack of spiritual rest. I pray that every time that I want to attach, that you'll remind me, sometimes this is needed, but it's also needed to detach. Look, band's going to sing over you, and your heads are bowed. Don't feel like opening your eyes right now. And I don't want you to stand up and start singing. The last thing we need to do is to go into another misunderstanding of Sabbath by singing when people sing. If you're a follower of Jesus, I want you just to kind of dig deep in your heart these next few minutes and ask yourself if you're resting in the way that God would have you to rest. I'm going to spend some time at the back of the room and and I'm going to be praying back there myself about this. If you need me, I'm there. You're not going to interrupt me. Can we just take some minutes and think about this? Am I really resting in who Jesus is? The Lord of the Sabbath who helps me to to really rest deeply.